Well, it's good. It's nice to be able to share with you this morning. Um, when Pastor Jake asked me to share, it was really the end of, he has done kind of an impromptu series on evangelism, and um, I, uh, you're pointing to Caleb? Caleb, would you stand? This is my grandson, Caleb. He's home from ministry in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, that dad and mama his, I tell you. <clears throat> We're so proud of him. He's, uh, he's killing it, not literally, but doing a great job in Birmingham, Alabama, leading a youth group of, of kids there. And um, just, he, he took, what, 40 kids to camp? 35, 40 kids to camp last week. And um, how many kids got saved? 12 kids got saved. And how many got baptized in the Holy Spirit? 20 got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And um, in his ministry there, the youth group has grown from a small group to a large group, and he just has some great vision and excitement there. So we got him for a three-day three, three break, so we're excited about that. So anyway, back to what I was saying. Pastor Jake's been doing some messages on evangelism, and um, there's a, a big contrast um, between my son-in-law and myself that I'm going to illustrate. Um, <clears throat> why was that so funny? <laughs> um, I, so I wanted to preach, I wanted to teach on evangelism as well, and um, so it came at a good time right at the end here. And uh, this is, the title Evangelism for Dummies is because I just, I, evangelism is really a, a challenge for me and it started early in my Christian life. Um, I got saved when I was 16 and began to enthusiastically tell my parents and my siblings that they needed to get saved too and it really turned them off to the Lord and because um, I was mostly saved when I was 16. So I did the best I could. And then, uh, by God's grace, they, many, many of them did get saved. But I went away to Bible school, Christ of the Nations, and evangelism was something that I just really struggled with. I, I'm nervous talking to strangers, and um, I'm, I'm, I just, that's a thing. How can you be a pastor and be nervous talking to strangers? Well, I'm nervous a lot. So, anyway... <laughs> I thought, well, I'll, I'll join the evangelism team and I'll be, become part of the evangelism team and then I will learn and then I will become good at that. And so I joined the evangelism team. They had different ministries. And so this one um, time, we're going to go out to the park, Keast Park, which is South Dallas and um, a big kind of edge of the city park. And we're going to witness to people. We're going to um, tell them about Jesus and love them into the kingdom. And so I'm there, and I've got some tracks, and this was back in 1974, and I've got tracks were a big thing then, and I've got tracks, and we're talking to people, and I come up to, uh, there was a convertible, and the cars are driving around, and people are sitting on uh, blankets and having picnics and all of that. And so there's a, a convertible and a car and some people in the car, and I just walk up to them, and I said, you know, I'd just like to share with you about Jesus. I've got this track. And they said, no, man, 
no thanks, I don't want it. Well, really, you, you just need to consider this. And, the, and he's got this big um, um, a, a golden lab in the back seat. And he sicked his dog on me. He said, get, get him, whatever, Rover or whatever his name was. And so I backed off. I backed away from the car so that I wouldn't get bit. But that pretty much characterizes my evangelism success throughout my life, <laughs> uh, evangelizing and going out and witnessing. And so I haven't really um, been kind of a natural in that. Now, in contrast, if, if uh, having shared ministry with um, Pastor Jake for 23 years, 24 years now, something like that. Um, I just have witnessed time and time again just how God has just anointed him to just to win souls, just to present the gospel to people and for people to say, you know, what must I do to be saved? It really moved us at one point to, um, there was a, a neighboring church that had struggled for many of the years that I was there I was in this small town that I was in for about 20, 21 years. And so at, at a, about year 16 or so, there was a, a neighboring church that had struggled and the district was getting ready to close that church. And I'd been part of the district leadership. And so I said, well, why don't you give us a shot at it? I've got someone that works with me that is really evangelistic oriented. And, and in that town, they had said of that town that it's... All, you know, no one can go in there and it's all, it's locked up. It's just not open to the gospel. There's many churches there, very religious, but just it's locked up. You know, no one can succeed. I says, give us a chance. Give us a shot at it. And so Pastor Jake and I put our heads together and set some goals, talked to the Lord about it. And um, we set a two-year goal, give it a two-year try. And um, we set a goal of 25 people. The, the church was down to zero. We set a goal of 25 people the first year and 50 people the second year. And I'm very goal-oriented that way. The Lord will speak to you in many different ways, and he's always worked with me in those kind of, a th those kind of things. So we thought, well, if we get 25, have 25 by the end of the first year and 50 by the end of the second year, we'll call that successful, and then we'll just keep moving forward. We'll invest money. We'll invest time. He was on staff at the church. We paid for that to happen, and he went there, and within a year, we had 50 people, 50 new believers in that church, and they were worshiping the Lord, and, and I mean, almost all of the 50 were brand new, brand new saved, brand new converts, ex-drug addicts, and got out of jail, and I mean, that kind of characterizes, doesn't characterize the town, does it? But it's just... <laughs> Winning characterizes people Pastor Jake hangs out with. So <clears throat> we've got 50 people. We've got families. We've got individuals there that are saved. He just, wherever he goes, wherever he goes, it's just like it opens up. It's such a natural thing. And, and gosh, isn't that, that, that's a little bit of what I heard the last three weeks is, yeah, yeah, this is all you have to do, you know, is just be there and they'll come up to you and say, what must I do to be saved? And so I thought, well, you know, that doesn't work in my life. That isn't how it's worked in my life. So I thought I'd get up with you and share with you some ideas. As, I met a, as I've been thinking and praying these past three weeks, as you've been preaching, I thought, well, what, what can I do to increase the potential, increase the possibility that I can share my faith? Because it's super important. How many of you 
um, um, need that kind of a breakthrough in your life? Raise your hand. You need that kind of opportunity. You need that kind of boldness. You need that kind of, um, those kind of elements. So I'm going to share with you a few thoughts, a few ideas on how you can maybe up your game. Maybe together we'll learn. Because God's word is really clear. It isn't just the, for those who move supernaturally in it. It's also for every believer to share their faith. 2 Timothy 4, 5 Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says to Timothy, this young pastor at this church, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, and he says this phrase, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And so I really believe that there's a mandate for every believer here, every believer that walks uh, in the, on this planet that, that testifies and says, I'm a Christian, to do the work of an evangelist. And that phrase is so appropriate for us because for many of us, it is work. It's hard to do. And we have to apply some different ideas. So for we who find evangelism challenging, here are my thoughts. Number one, the first focus we need to do is we need to consider preparation. We need to consider how to prepare ourselves, what to have in place, what to have in us in order to open the opportunities to share our faith more. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and always be ready, always be ready, to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. The Message Bible says it this way, Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are. And always with the utmost courtesy. Keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. I like that version. So at minimum, we've got a mandate here that if someone comes up to you and they, they, they get close to an opportunity, close to a, a question of you, or why are you that way, or, or how come you think that way, or how come you do that? I believe many people just say, well, you know, I'm just a good person, or it's just good to be good to your neighbor. And many are even timid when they have this obvious opportunity to say, because it's Jesus Christ in my life who made a change in my life. But even beyond that, even, even beyond the obvious opportunity when someone asks you to give them a reason for the hope that's in you, the last time that many believers invested or deposited in themselves something that they could share or something that they could testify to someone about was a long, long time ago. We live in a smorgasbord world. We live in a buffet world where there is many, many things that we can eat from. We can spend our life uh, on TikTok. We can spend our life on Facebook. We can spend our life being entertained uh, by this movie or that activity. That can be a whole big chunk of our lives. We can spend our lives focusing on politics. We can spend our lives focusing on finance and getting ahead and moving ahead. And as believers, we still love God and we still have God in our lives, but we have deposited so huge of, of a percentage of our interest and attention and energy on things other than the kingdom of God, other than the gospel. And so we have not prepared ourselves for when we're poked 
to have something of the gospel come out of us. Now I tell you, when somebody mentions to me, insert a president's name here, I have plenty to say. When someone says to me, what do you think of the financial situation of the world today? I have plenty to say. Why do I have plenty to say about that? Because my attention has been captured by our government, by what's going on in our world, by the finance of our world, by, you insert here, medical, um, financial, political, all of these things, so full, so full that when I'm poked in any way, I can respond in those categories. So I've thought, you know what I need to do? I need to up my game as far as investment or, or loading up or downloading into me the things of God's kingdom. So how do I do that? Well, number one, I need to fill up on God's word more. I know that as I've been turning my attention to that and paying more attention to that, as I've been listening, Deb and I listen in the morning to God's word for today or whatever that is. It's not actually that. It's the one-year Bible. We listen to that. And as I've been, sometimes you can listen to that and be thinking about all the things that your brain and your life is filled with. But as I've been being challenged to be more full of the word, I've been focusing on that. And I find that God highlights a word to me almost every morning. Gives me a fresh word almost every morning. Um, um, ideas and thoughts and, and little, little um, rabbit trails to meditate on and think about. So I've, as I've been not just reading God's word, but paying attention to God's word, that's been taking more of a frontal place in my thinking and in my life. And as I do that more and as you do that more, when, when you are engaged in conversation somewhere, that will be more on the tip of your tongue. That will be more in your consciousness. That will be more in your readiness to share and talk about. When somebody says, oh, the leaders in this world today, it's this and that. Instead of saying, yeah, we need to do X, Y, Z. Instead of that, you'll say, yeah, the Word of God says that in the end times it's going to be this way. And so what we really need to do is turn our attention and our attitude and our passions to God. And, you know, I know how they respond. Why are you talking to me about religious things? Well, I know you're wanting me to engage with you in this complaining about the world situation. But I want to do the work of an evangelist, so I'm going to fill up with the Word of God. And when you fill up with the Word of God that way too, more of His love will come out, more of His compassion will come out. You won't be so quick to engage in that element, in that thing. And I'd like to suggest to you that you may be like me and not be full enough of the Word of God so that when like a, a big full sponge full of water, when you're poked, Water will squirt out. That's what I want to be. That's the picture I want. When you poke me, I want to squirt out God. I want to squirt out what the kingdom says. I want to squirt out love. I want to squirt out um, um, compassion. I want to squirt out sympathy. I want to squirt out empathy. I just want to be. I, I just want to be squishy with the presence of God. And I can't be squishy with the presence of God if it's not. In fullingness me. <laughs> Praise God. 
So, God's word. Number two, pray. Pray more. Pray with a listening ear. And I, 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 I think on your knees prayer would be a powerful suggestion. But, but maybe in this case, in this case, walking around in the world prayer, prayer awareness. God, what do you think about that? Um, as that's been more developing in my life, I used to be a kind of a road rage person. I used to, <clears throat> um, the enemy, the devil, would highlight in me the stupidity of the world around me and the exalted knowledge of myself and self-worth. He would develop that on the road and, and I just couldn't believe how everybody in the world was out to get me or out to be in my way or out to inconvenience me in every way. I used to be that way. And then I got this job where I drove 5,000 miles a month. It was a job where I drove 5,000 miles a month. I think God has a good sense of humor. And it, it transitioned my driving attitude toward, nah, buddy, I'll just back off. I'll just give you space. Or, or when I was cut off, oh, that person must have an emergency to go to. It just happened too many times for me to be angry all the time. So it just kind of got beat out of me. It just got wore out of me. And, and I, much, I much more enjoy um, life now that that thing has been changed. That's been a changed thing in my life. There's other things that I'm not going to talk about. But those, there's an, I, I'm living with much, uh, much greater awareness. And so begin to pray and begin to say, God, is this an opportunity? Or say, God gets your attention and say, invite him into your moment. Invite him into the place and time. There's no situation where there, that's not appropriate for you to walk more in the power of the invisible realm than you are right now. So get God's word in you, be squishy, and then pray, pray, and, and so that'll, that'll make you more aware of the opportunities. And then meditate on those things, concentrate and ponder things from God's perspective. And when you're full of God's kingdom, you can't help but talk about it. Okay, so that's number one, is preparation. Number two, I, I touched on just a little bit, but, but um, not with a focus, and that's opportunity. Um, in that meditation aspect from the previous point, practice awareness. We don't often have someone walk up to us and say, what must I do to be saved? And so we have to practice awareness of maybe what somebody's saying behind, behind the scenes or behind what they're saying or something like that. And, and, and that, takes, that takes us really doing the first thing first because to walk in this world without having, to, without having prepared yourself um, foundationally means you can't prepare for all the little things that are going to happen during the day, the rude person or the difficult situation or the mishap or the difficulty that happens here or there. So we have to practice an awareness with the foundation of God's presence and his kingdom at work in us. We must develop our own senses to recognize every hint of opportunity. And that's what Pastor Jake does. I mean, Pastor Jake's... I don't know how to, how to uh, describe it, but, well, I'll describe it this way. He lacks focus a lot of times. A lot of times he lacks... lacks and, and I don't mean in a bad way, but I mean in a good way. He's kind of ready for anything at any time. 
He's ready for a lot of different things. I'm not. <coughs> My makeup is very focused. When I'm, Deb sends me to the store to get a gallon of milk, you know, it, it would be a miracle if I stopped and someone's lying there bleeding in the road, I'd drive around them because I'm going for milk. <laughs> I would never do that, but that's just the, that's just the picture that came to my mind. I mean, there's times I'll, I'll, I'll get around a situation, I'll think, why didn't you stop? Why didn't you do that? And then this sheepish, embarrassed voice says, well, you had to get milk. And I thought, that's so stupid. But, but, Pastor Jake is just, just he, he picks up on the thing that's going there at the minute. It also means he forgets what he was leaving to do, and that's, that's a consequence of that. But, how, but that also equips him and makes him equipped to kind of address every need, any need, any. And no matter how you are, no matter how you're wired, you've got to begin to practice an awareness of what's going on around you and awareness of what's going on around you. We don't have to look far in the Gospels to see um, where Jesus, moment by moment, was just addressing this, addressing that. Woman with the issue of blood stops him. Stops in the whole crowd. He's got a whole crowd following him. Addresses the woman with the issue of blood. Meets the woman at the well. Does all of that. Disciples come and they're worried about people seeing him talk to a woman and no chaperones being around and she's this and she's that and he's going what's the matter with you guys and they were all lined up with the rules and the things that were locked in and lined up so I want to be more aware of what's going on around me more aware of opportunities that come and so I need to I need to address that with God and have him help me to develop my sense to recognize hints of opportunity another thing is to practice making opportunity I know because of my focus, if I set a goal to do something, if I set a goal, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the gospel with somebody. That's just like going for the gallon of milk. That locks me in. And it might not turn out good, but I'm going to do it if I make myself a goal to do that. And practice making opportunity in, includes setting a goal. Um, um, making opportunity might involve me asking God for a word. So I'm talking to somebody in maybe a business situation, but in my mind I'm saying, God, just give me a word. Give me something. I'm really good with a word. If God gives me a word, I'll follow the word. That's that focus and that's that pursuit. For instance, like when you come to the altar and you ask for someone to pray with you, this is the one of the thing, things that we teach our prayer team members is to be listening to God's inner voice for a word. And that somebody might say to you, you know, as I'm praying for you, this is just what I hear God saying to me. Um, um, yellow school bus. Does, and it sounds stupid in your head, and until you get used to it, you go, shut up, self. But then re or shut up, devil. But that really, you're asking God for a word, and God says, yellow school bus. And, and so you say, I don't, and you don't have to be proud. You don't have to be cocky. You don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to I see a yellow school bus in your history. You know, you don't do that. You say, I hear the word yellow school bus in my head. And they say, oh, I can't. Oh, I can't believe you said yellow school bus. Because, you know, something happened in their life with the yellow school bus or something like that. 
that's a thing God does. That's the thing the Holy Spirit does. And so when you're visiting with people, another way for you to open up opportunity or, or stimulate opportunity is to just ask God for a word. Ask God for a word. Another thing, another thing to do is to engage in intentional, um, intentional effort. Like going on a treasure hunt. If you ever see a treasure hunt offered here at the church, it would be a great thing for you to sign up for and go on. Um, Caleb just took his uh, interns, his youth interns, on a treasure hunt. How many of them went, went on that? How, nine? I thought he said none. Oh, that wasn't a very big success. <laughs> he took nine students, and they're like, oh, what do we do? Well, what is this? They were nervous, just like everybody is nervous when they go. And, and Caleb, Caleb taught them, and he coached them, and they prayed, and they came up with a list of um, when you go on a treasure hunt, you go from from place to place that you see on a treasure map. You make a treasure map. Yellow shirt, blue truck, um, you get these words and you write them down. And so then you just go out and you look for those little hints and those little clues. And a lot of times uh, you'll go a lot of different places and then you're saying, well, this isn't working too good. And then you'll pull up to a Circle K or a Bucky's or a, I'm talking Southern now, uh, quick trip. And uh, you, you, you've got um, um, flowered shirt, uh, brown mustache, um, 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 uh, shorts that are too small, and, and there will be a guy with all of those things. He's got tight shorts on and a mustache, and you'll go, dude, we're, excuse me, pardon me, you're polite, and you say, you know, can we talk to you a minute? Oh, yeah, sure, I'm just at the quick trip. And... Um, You'll say, we prayed this morning, and look at this list God gave us, and it describes him. And he says, whoa, that's something. God led us to you. Is there anything we can pray with you about? That's a treasure hunt kind of skeleton and framework. And you go on those, and he took his nine students, and they were blown away. They were blown away, not just as God led them to people in those things, but the receptivity of, did anybody say, get away from here, you creepy kids? He, he, they were surprised by the receptivity of the people and surprised by how accurate the things were and surprised when they prayed for these people at what God did. Did God heal anybody? No. Did God surprise anybody? Yeah, surprised a lot of people. And they went back, like in the Bible, rejoicing that God had been with them and that he had been a part of what they were doing. So uh, <clears throat> being more aware of opportunity practicing making opportunity, and then being intentional in opportunity. Um, and, and there's one more thing I want to say about opportunity. Um, this is the easiest opportunity way that I've found, and that's to offer to pray for people. Uh, even in my clumsiness, I can, I can pray for people. It's hard for me to tell people what to do or those kind of things, but it's very easy to pray for people. One person in ten will tell you, no, get away from me. I don't want you to pray for me. Nine people in ten will say, okay. And, and four people or six people in ten will think that you're just going to go home and pray for them. So when you say, okay, let's pray, they, you really surprise them. But I tell you, when you get in the practice and in the habit of doing this, wherever you're at, you will see God show up in a powerful way. You'll see God show up in a powerful way. And so that's the easiest way to make opportunity. 
for yourself. Okay, so number one, invest some time in preparing yourself to have the fruit of the Spirit and the power of God flow out of you. Number two, be aware and practice making opportunity for yourself. And the third thing that we can do is we can ask God for help. And I don't mean, you know, bring someone to me who asks me what, what must they do to be saved. You can do that. That's okay to pray. But ask God for help. Ask him to give you boldness. In Acts chapter 4, verse 27, after a couple of the apostles were arrested and they were in jail and then they were released and then they came back and they gave this testimony. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. And so they came back to their group and they were so glad they weren't killed and they were rejoicing that God showed himself powerful by them being released. And then this is what they said. Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Listen, if they needed help, how much more do we need help? If they needed boldness from God, how much more do we need to ask for boldness from God? To live our life. Look, we need to be involved in every aspect of life. Politics and culture and, and government and, and um, economics. We need to be involved in the neighbor. We need to be involved in relationship and family. <clears throat> we need to be involved in all of those things. But first and foremost, we're called to be a presence of the kingdom of God in the world around us. And we need to do, be more than just we need to be more than just nice. We need to be more than just kind. We need to be people of power. We need to be people of, of, of answers and provision for people who are lost and dying in this world. One last little thing before I close. Winning souls is the biggest defeat that the enemy ever suffers. Winning souls brings victory in the kingdom of God and brings defeat in the kingdom of the enemy. And so we have to put it right up there with the primary things you're called to do, but you need to do the work of an evangelist. It's there for us to embrace and for us to do. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4 says, For this, this prayer is good and acceptable in the sight of God. This is God's will, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God's heart, God's desire, is that all men be saved. Will all men be saved? No, because the will of man is a thing that stands against the will of God. But if you want to know God's opinion, if you ever have somebody ask you, what, what's God's opinion concerning people and, and salvation? You can say with confidence from God's word, it is God's desire that every person on this planet be saved. The least we can do to participate in his plan in evangelism. Number one is prepare. Number two is to take and make opportunity. And number three, this is what we're going to do at this altar time, is we're going to ask God. We're going to pray and we're going to ask God for boldness. So stand with me, will you? Put some music on, please. I'm guessing that 
I hit the target with many of you. Some of you, like Pastor Jake, you just move in that and you just navigate in that. That's awesome. We want to hang around you so that we can be inspired, so that we can be trained and taught, so that we can see that fruit and have our faith rise up in us. But some of us here, we need more boldness. We need boldness to step out. We need, to be, we need boldness to, to, to cast aside embarrassment. Boldness to cast aside the arguments that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. Arguments like, what I say will turn them off to God. Arguments like, what if I say the wrong thing? Man, the devil is at work in this world. Just giving people excuses not to consider the claims of Christ and the offer of salvation and peace. But our participation in speaking the kingdom and speaking the power of God and speaking the love of Jesus, our participation in that, it's not always going to result in a harvest. You're not always going to have them say, yes, I accept Jesus Christ. But there is something that will always happen. What you deposit there will always be a part of the work of God in moving them in their decision toward the kingdom or away from the kingdom. And that decision is up to them. But every time you sow a seed, every time you make a suggestion, every time you give an encouragement for someone to move forward in the kingdom of God by speaking the things that are saturating you pertaining to the kingdom or by, uh, or by listening to them or by, or by telling them what Jesus did for them by dying and giving his life on the cross, you are participating in that battle and you are moving that kingdom forward. So bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute first. Because I want to say to you who are here, if there is anybody in this room who's never prayed and said, Jesus, I'm hearing this today and I'm thinking, I'm not letting you in. I'm not letting you involved in the things of my life. I'm not letting you touch my wounded places. I'm not letting you touch those places where I struggle in my finances or in my relationships. And today, I want to surrender to you. So this, this prayer that I want to pray right now with your heads bowed and eyes closed, this prayer is a prayer for somebody to say for the first time, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I accept your sacrifice on the cross in place of my, my payment for my sin that God provided for me. I want that. But I'm also wanting you to respond and, and pray for you if you've got areas in your life that have not been surrendered, areas in your life that, that you need to surrender today. This is a surrender prayer before we ask for our boldness prayer. This is a surrender prayer that says, God, in my life there's this thing or there's that thing. You don't have to tell anyone else but think that thought toward God as you communicate in your spirit. How many of you have something that you're going to surrender today and move forward in God? Raise your hand, will you? I'm going to surrender it. I'm going to move it forward. Today, you say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Lots of hands. Lots of hands. Put them down. Praise God. Heavenly Father, right now, I, I, I join in the surrender, Lord God. And I pray that you'll shine a spotlight, shine a floodlight, Lord God, 
on my life of anything, any area, any, any process in my life that, that, that needs a change, that needs a transformation, Lord. Shine it on there. And Lord, I surrender it right now. Just tell him, I surrender it, Lord. I surrender it to you. For those, Father, in this room today who surrendered to you their life, they never surrendered it before. I just pray, Father God, fill them right now in Jesus' name. Fill, 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 fill those areas of surrender, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Weave healing, Lord, in, into hearts and lives. Weave courage, Lord. Weave conviction, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Receive it right now. Receive it. Lord, I receive it right now. Receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As I, as I was praying, as I was just waiting here, I was asking God, Lord, is there a word that you want to give me concerning something with this prayer? And I was looking with my inside my brain eyes for something and listening with my inside my spirit ears and I heard nothing and so I'm not going to make anything up I'm just going to move forward Lord now we move forward Lord I just want to ask now who here who here with your heads bowed and your eyes closed who here would raise both hands and say Lord I need more boldness Raise both hands. Lord, I need more boldness. More boldness. More boldness to share my faith. Boldness that pushes aside. Not boldness that, that makes me obnoxious, but boldness that, that pushes aside the arguments. More boldness. Father, we lift up our hands right now and say, pour it out, Lord God. More. More. More boldness. Lord, I believe you're going to surprise some people this week. You're going to surprise some people this week. <laughs> They're going to speak forth things that are happening in them to people that they've never spoken about the kingdom of God to before. And you're going to bring about a harvest. You're going to bring about results. Lord, we raise our hands just like the apostles of old, and we say, Lord, grant us boldness to bring forth your kingdom. Grant us boldness to live more clearly, kindly, with love and compassion, but with boldness, Lord God. We're going to have bold joy in front of people, Lord. We're going to have bold courage in front of people, Lord. When there's a problem around and no one can come up with it, Lord, in the board meeting, in the shop, Lord, we're going to say, hey, I'm a believer. Can I just pray for that? Can I just pray for a solution to that? <clears throat> because I want to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So say this with me right now. Father God, grant me more boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. That was an awful quiet request for asking for boldness, but it's a good start. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in us, Lord God. We know that we live in an important time concerning the souls of men. And so, Lord, as we go from this place, we pray that we'll go with confidence and commitment, that there'll be greater investment, 
that we'll take more opportunity and we'll see the kingdom advance. One more thing before I say amen. Testimonies. We need testimonies. We need for you to come to Pastor Jake or one of us and say, I've got a testimony. This week, XYZ Elemental P, and God just surprised me, and it's awesome. We need your testimonies. Father, thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming this morning.